Today's episode is brought to you by Nirvana CBD. Nirvana CBD offers a wide range of CBD products, including CBD oils, gummies, soft gels, and topicals, all of which are made right here in the USA. Third-party lab tested and made with the highest quality ingredients. Check them out at nirvanacbd.com. That's N-I-R-V-A-N-A-C-B-D.com. Back to the Flat Rate Tech Podcast. Today I want to talk about an email I got recently. Well, it's actually a few weeks ago. The email stated that he worked at a local shop for a year and a half, and now he's at a big-name automotive school. I'm not going to say the name, and he's currently working part-time at a dealership. Now, in the email, he said that the instructors are literally telling them... This is the part that had me pretty uh, upset. They are allegedly telling the students, and I quote, One thing that's drilled into our heads as students is that we're replaceable, that we're not worth a shit, and that if we want to make a name for ourselves or make a living, we need to do what we're told and take any offer they give us, basically minimum wage because they think we're not worth a shit. And it keeps going. He says, that really got to my head and made me believe that even though I have the experience, knowledge, tools, and the drive to be a good tech, that I'm still not worth more than minimum wage. But after hearing a couple of your episodes about my worth as a tech, it helped me realize that I have more to offer than meets the eye, and that I have value as a tech and need to hold my ground when it comes to getting what I want when getting into this industry. Now, those were his words. After reading that part of the email, I feel bad for this guy. I feel bad for the industry. And I just feel bad. I feel like that's a whole nother game being played. Now, since I talk in my opinion on this podcast, I gotta say what I gotta say in my opinion. So, in my opinion, first off, nothing against this tech that sent me the email. Nothing at all. Just what you said about the instructors really fucking hit me hard because all the talk about the technician shortages and shit, if this is true, it's really fucked up. If it's true. Hopefully it's not true. I don't want to call this emailer a liar, but to cover my ass, I hope this is not true. I hope he's not lying also. But, in my opinion, it's about numbers. So hear me out. It's my opinion. I gotta keep saying that, so you gotta bear with me here. Let's say there's a school out there, a school, a university, whatever, that teaches automotive classes. They teach you how to diagnose electrical problems, repair cars, maybe even soup them up and do body work, whatever. They teach students how to fix fucking cars, right? They have advertisements on TV, internet, whatever. They're sponsored by automotive brands, allegedly. It's a business, right? They have a CEO, CFO, managers, district reps, teachers, and then they have their customers. And their customers are students. 
So here's where the numbers come in. These types of businesses or schools, universities, in my opinion, have to have stats just like a dealership does, right? Just like any shop has to. They gotta, ha they gotta have numbers, right? So in my opinion, how it works is, in my opinion, that they state in their advertisements that their students have a 100% success rate after graduating their technical school. Well, it's because they're allegedly telling the students that they should take any job that will hire them, right? Because they're replaceable, right? And you spent $10,000, whatever it costs, go to the school, and you got to go pay it back, right? I don't know, maybe they tell the students this just so they go get jobs and they make sure they get their money back. I don't know. But, in my opinion, the shops are in on it. You donate money to the school, you get your name on the wall, you get some text straight out of school to use as lube text for as long as you can at your shitty shop and make as much money off of them as you can, and all while telling them that they need the experience before becoming a line tech. Then what happens? They fucking quit. You know, if the teachers are allegedly telling the students this kind of shit, what do you expect, you know? I hope it's not true. I've never been to any technical college university, you know. I mean, listen, they have a business. They need to make money, right? And their customers are students, future automotive technicians. We have a shortage. They are literally fucking them over right from the start, if this is true, in my opinion, which I hope it's not. But also, in this industry, you either have it or you don't, which means you can either do the job or you can't. I worked with some so-called techs that went to this specific school, and others. Eight out of ten of them couldn't fix shit. And I'm not exaggerating. It's almost like they were sent there and didn't want to be there. They didn't learn shit, like high school. Like, they had to be there, not by their choice. Look, dude, you either have it or you don't. I didn't go to any technical school. I went straight to a dealership. I started from the bottom and worked from there. I'm sure many of you listening were in the same boat that I was. You all started the same way I did. I went to factory training and became a master tech, yeah. But I got paid for that. I started as a porter, then became a lube tech. I went to factory training and became a master tech. But I got paid for my training. My rental car was paid for. My gas was paid for. My hotel was paid for. Listen. My food was paid for, and I was paid 40 hours for the week I was at school. Every time I went to school, it was all paid for, and I got paid 40 hours for that week, and I bought beer, and they paid for it. Snuck that shit right in there, dude. And when I got back from school, sometimes I even got a raise, and when I hit Master Tech, I got a fat raise and a bonus. Didn't cost me a fucking dime. I'm not the only one that's done this, okay? I'm not trying to sit here and talk like I'm special. Like I've told you guys before, I'm a terrible technician. Not even that good. But I don't have student loans for any of my training. Especially from some fucking corporation that spews some kind of bullshit about 100% success rate for their students and telling them to take any fucking job they can. Allegedly. Getting buddy-buddy with local shops and dealers, getting taken out to lunch, getting paid under the table, in my opinion, to push young-blooded... Highly motivated technicians come to their shops to be fucking slaves for shit money. My opinion. A lot of you techs listening out there, most of you have been through the same shit as me. Factory training, 
everything paid for, and a paycheck. I don't have anything against any of these schools, these automotive universities, whatever they're called. Never been the one. I hope this email's not true. I hope they're not really telling them that. I hope they're not telling the students that shit. If they are, that's terrible. Somebody needs to look into it. I hope it's not happening, and I haven't answered any of his questions yet. Basically, if you have to pay to learn how to be a technician, it's probably not for you 90% of the time. Right now, the right shop out there will train you if you're worth a shit and you're motivated. That may sound like a dickhead statement, but that's my opinion. This tech that emailed me is already ahead of the other students. He already worked at a shop for a year and a half, and he's already working at a dealership while he's going to school. If he was in my shop or any other good shop out there with good management and good techs, he'd be doing just fine without the school, in my opinion. And probably many other shops out there that actually give a shit would be in the same boat. Anyways, let's get on with uh, some of the questions he's asked. Question one. He wanted to know what to ask a manager during the interview. That's a good question. There's a lot of questions you can ask the manager. Basic shit, pay, you know, stuff like that. But what I would ask after all the shit that I've been through, of course, pay. What do you pay? What's the top pay? What are you starting me out at? I don't want that. Pay me more. I would ask the manager for a printout of all the technician's hours monthly for like this past six months. That way you can see the differences between them all. By doing this, you can have an idea on how daily work is dispatched. But your teachers don't talk about that, do they? Because they don't care. It's my opinion. Dispatching makes or breaks a shop. If you listen to the other episodes, I'm big on that. Okay, I'm big on dispatching. You got to find out if there are teams and find out who dispatches. If advisors dispatch, in my opinion, don't go there. Some people may email me and say that their advisors are fair and all this shit, but hey, that's awesome, dude. But in most cases, they ain't. They do it all by favoritism, and they give the work to who they know can get it done the fastest, or they give big jobs to lower-paid techs so they can make more numbers. Now, if it's a small independent shop that has one or two advisors and they dispatch, I could see that being different, I guess. But in my opinion, why would you go there, you know? Go where the workload is. Go where the money is. Go where they are so busy, they need you no matter what, you know? It's all nuts and bolts, dude, in the end. It may be a brand you hate, but if it pays more than the other and has better management, try it out. And while you're at that school, and anybody else listening, get good at diagnosing. Reading electrical schematics, following pinpoint tests. Get good at that shit. Because after that, it's just replacing a part. And if you can't replace a simple part, this is not the job for you. And that's all I can do is replace simple parts. All right, anyways, next question. What are some helpful products like the tool tray you recommended on the podcast that will help me stay organized? Well, I'm unorganized as fuck, dude, honestly. My tool cart looks like I left it out in a fucking hurricane. My toolbox is basically fucking useless, honestly. It just holds big shit that I rarely ever use. Should just bring it home. I just work out of my tool cart. Most people do, but hey. If I were a new tech, I would stay off the tool truck as much as possible, obviously. Me personally, I'd go to Harbor Freight and get the biggest tool cart they have. 
I'd go on websites that don't want to sponsor the podcast, so I won't name them, and get tools. You know, 600 bucks for an impact gun that Mako sells on a truck you can get online without the stupid fucking name on it, made by the same company, and pay a lot less. The Boltster organizer tray that I have that they sent me, I highly recommend getting one. It's good shit. But there's a lot of tool companies out there that don't sponsor the podcast that sell quality tools. And once they start sponsoring, I'll let you know who they are. My point is tool trucks are ripoffs. And we all know this. It's just convenient. And at this point, it's not anymore because they're quitting left and right, dude. And they're probably not going to be around much longer, dude. Next question. What are some professional ways to say fuck off or I will get it done when I get it done to advisors? Well, this question has an answer that will take me too long to explain on here. That's a funny question, though. But you probably heard techs talk to advisors like they're fucking scum of the earth, right? Maybe even made them cry on the side of the shop. I've seen that. Literally, a grown man crying on the side of the shop because my team leader told him some fucking facts, right? You know, basically, you treat people the way you want to be treated, right? Then you treat advisors like shit, right? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Listen, there are advisors out there that want to make money just like you do. They may even push you to get work out. Maybe because they know you can do more. Maybe they know you can make more money. Maybe they made a promise to a customer that they have to keep even though it's fucking impossible. Who knows? Maybe the advisor is a fuck doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and sold a 10-hour job at 3 o'clock that needs done that day. There's a lot of problems with that situation, right? Sell $3,000 worth of work to a customer and have it done in two hours when the parts only cost 300 bucks, you know? But there's techs out there that can get that shit done in that amount of time. There's also techs out there that will do half the work and flag the whole ticket as if they did it all. There's shit people everywhere in this industry. Just like every other industry. Just like every neighborhood. My suggestion is just do what you can. Don't get yourself caught up in the shit. If you sell a timing belt and they ask you how long till it's done, you tell them four hours when you do it in two. You do this because another advisor will be out to you soon asking about another car. You'll also be stopping and doing some fucking waiter oil change, dude. It never fails, right? Next question. This is a good question here. How do I make a good impression with the new guys in a new shop? This is a great question. This guy's asking the right ones. He's going to make it. As long as he can twist a wrench, right? How to make a good impression on the new guys in a new shop. I worked in a few shops. I've been the brand new guy in the shop, and I've been the brand new tech in the shop, the new master tech in a new shop, the new foreman in a new shop. I've been the new in a few shops. I know you're feeling. I've had the best of luck with new techs that come in when they just keep to themselves. The ones that come in and bother you and talk about their personal car, those guys are fucking annoying. Techs watch and pay attention to how you work. If you play on your phone, forget about it, dude. Especially when you're working on a car or lifting a car. I watched a lube tech lower a car on a lift. Luckily, it was a drive-on lift while he was watching his fucking phone and only one side was lowering and the car almost slid off the goddamn lift. Totally unsafe, dude. But... New techs come into a shop, whether brand new or experienced, that act like they have something to fucking prove. The one-upper, you know. 
I could do an actuator in an hour, or I can pull a transmission in 15 minutes. You know what I'm talking about. Just don't be that guy. <laughs> be careful with the tech that comes right to you and says he'll help you out. <laughs> this is the guy that will have you helping him and basically doing his job for him while he plays on his phone. That may or may not be true, all right? If a tech comes up to you right off the bat, your first day or your first week, and says, hey, come to my bay when you have nothing to do and I'll train you, it could be a bad sign. Just don't act like you know everything or anything. Be you, you know? The fact that you are just there working at a dealership or a shop should be enough at this point. You know what I'm saying? They can't fucking find anybody. If you know you can fix shit, you know you can do shit, and you're overlooked in that new shop that you got thrown in with no hope of learning anymore or doing anything more than just oil changes, and I'm not talking about the first month at a new shop or maybe even the first year at a new shop as a new tech. You got to put in some time when you're new, brand new, but this guy that emailed me, he's, he's not brand new. So do you. Don't take everything I'm saying on here to you personally. It's for everybody, not just you. But you do have to put in time. If you think you're going to go to a shop and be the best fucking tech there, you got some serious problems. Anybody. If I go to a next shop, 22 years experience, and I think I'm going to be the best fucking shop, and I think I'm going to be the best fucking tech there, I'm an idiot. There's always somebody better out there, dude. And I, I suck, like I've told you guys several times. You know, for one, you ain't the best tech. Whether you're a new guy thinking you can change oil faster than anybody, or you're a 20-year master tech, ASE master super duper tech, you ain't shit, dude. There's always somebody out there better than you. And if you, th <laughs> and if you think you're the best tech in the whole flat, wide world, and you think the world's flat, turn this shit off, dude. You know, I'll tell you the truth right here, right now. Over 20 years in this industry, I still suck. I work with a guy that's been doing this for five years, and he can diagnose anything on any car or truck that comes in way faster than me. Super fucking smart. Now I can turn wrenches way faster than him, right? I can replace a part way faster than him, but he can diagnose a code, an electrical issue, anything faster than me. Communication codes, misfire codes, EVAP leaks, open circuits, whatever, dude. He can do it faster than me but I can replace any part faster than him. See where I'm going with this? There's no super tech out there, but if you think there is and it's you, keep it to yourself, dude. Nobody really gives a shit. Next question. Being young in this industry has its ups and downs. Are there ways that I can show management that I'm worth a shit and deserve a livable wage? Well, you do deserve a livable wage. Everybody does for their skills, right? For their skills. Flipping burgers is not a fucking skill. At a fast food shithole. Yet. Some shops pay lube techs the same amount of money per hour. You don't have to buy your own spatula to work at a fucking McDonald's, right? A lube tech has to buy their own tools. Tool cart, box, for some reason. To even start doing their job. They have to invest their own money to even start there. I could go on and on about this question. You will know if you're worth the shit. When you're at a shop as a lube tech and you're turning the most hours out of all the lube techs, doing more work than they are, just fucking crushing it, 
You ask to be moved into the shop, and the boss says he wants to make you the Lube Tech team leader. When they do that, that's when you know they know you can do more than you're doing. But they need you in the lube shop because everybody else fucking sucks. So if they do do that, be the team leader in there for six or so months to gain the experience. You'll learn a lot, trust me. You'll also learn how the game works, but then when you feel like it's been long enough and they don't move you to the shop, look for another shop. Look for another shop, and when you do, you'll have that team leader badge on your sleeve. It'll help you out. See what you did there? You got some experience. You'll know your own worth when you level up and see the different types of techs you work around, and you will also realize the shop's worth and what they're really after when they pay you 15 bucks an hour to do big warranty jobs while techs have been there for 15 years get paid 40 bucks an hour and do brake jobs and flushes, shit like that. Because the shops make more money off of you at 15 bucks an hour. Why is that? Because your teacher, allegedly, put in your heads that you're not worth the shit and take whatever you can get. I'm going off course. Next question. As a new tech, what are a couple of things I should be doing to help better my future in the industry? Financial, health, stress, ETC. Stay off the tool truck. I've already said that. Stay off the tool truck. Unless you absolutely have to. Health-wise... I'm going to tell you something that I should have been doing. Something that I wish I had listened to when I was told. Stretch. As sounds, it's the best thing you can do. Yoga. Again, as it sounds, it will really help you in the long run. Just exercise. Take care of yourself. Doesn't matter what job you do, just fucking do it. As far as stress goes, listen, dude. We work on cars. The car didn't do anything to you. Don't get stressed out about it. It's there for you to fix. Don't let your manager or an advisor piss you off. Everyone has their own shit they're dealing with. Some put themselves in their own shitty situations, whether it's at work, at home, or with a customer giving them false information about when their car is going to be done, or whatever, dude. You go to work and do what you can, when you can, and then you go to fuck home. That's it. Don't bring your work problems home with you to your family. It's just a fucking job. I used to come home stressed out about work. Up until I hit the 14 year or so mark. After that, I said, you know what, dude? Fuck it. I go to work. I work my schedule. That's it. If I don't make enough money, then maybe it's time to find a better place to work. I try to keep my stress from work at work. It's really hard to do it, but you can do it. If you can't, start a podcast. If you're that stressed out, then it's time to do some thinking, dude. It's time to move on. If your shop's that fucked up, dude, leave it. Go to another one that's not as fucked up. That's about all I got. Follow the Instagram page, flatratetech underscore podcast. The Facebook page, flatratetechpodcast. The website's flatratetechpodcast.weebly.com because it's still free. Share the podcast with that fucking hacky work next to, dude. All right. I'll catch y'all next time. Thanks for listening.